Chapter Sixteen of the Combined Maze by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Sixteen. Just at first, the miracle of the baby drew a crowd of pilgrims from Wandsworth to Acacia Avenue. Granville had become a shrine. People Ransom hardly knew and didn't care for, friends of his mother and of his aunt Randall came over of a sunday afternoon to see the baby and wauchope and buist and tizer of the polytechnic came and old wauchope got excited and clapped ranny on the back and said go it granville steady does it here's to you and many more of them and booty brought maudie hollis who was not too proud and too beautiful to go down on her knees before the baby while young fred stood aloof in awe and grew sanguine to the roots of the hair that rose tipping his forehead like a monumental flame as for the humming-bird he was amazing he insisted on the baby being christened in wandsworth parish church marvellous he was throughout the ceremony and he actually appeared at granville afterward with a christening party that sunday afternoon ransome saw winnie diamond for the first time since his marriage he saw her he could swear that he saw her standing with maudie hollis in a seat near the door he was certainly aware of a little figure in a long dark coat and of a face startlingly like winnie's and of eyes that could only have been hers profound and serious eyes fixed upon the baby but when he looked for her afterward as the christening party passed out of the church led by mrs randall carrying the baby winnie was nowhere to be seen no doubt the christening party scared her he thought of winnie several times that week he wondered what she had been doing with herself all those months and why it was she hadn't come to see them and the very next saturday as ransome on his return from woolridge's was wheeling his bicycle with difficulty through the little gate the door of granville opened and winnie came out ransome was so surprised that he let the bicycle go and it went down with a horrid clatter hitting him a malicious blow on the ankle as it fell he was so surprised that instead of saying what a man naturally would say in the circumstances he said winky it would have been like her either to have laughed at his clumsiness or to have flown to help him but winky wasn't like herself she stood in an improbable silence and gravity and stared at him while her lips moved as if she drew back her breath and her feet as if she would have drawn herself back but for the door she had closed behind her so inspired was she with the instinct of retreat her scare for plainly she was scared lasted only for a second only till he spoke again and came forward so it's little winky is it well i never he laughed for pure pleasure she smiled faintly and came off her doorstep to take the hand he held out to her i came she said to see violet and the baby at that he smiled also half furtively and have you seen them oh yes i've been sitting with violet for the last hour i must be going now going why what's the hurry well well he tried to sound the little word as she did he remembered it the funny little word that summed up her evasiveness her reluctance her absurdity she was still standing by the doorstep stroking the sham porphyry pillar with her childish hand as if she wanted to see what it was made of it isn't really marble ransome said she gazed at him wondering what isn't that pillar oh i wasn't thinking she took her hand away suddenly as if the pillar had been a snake and stung her then she looked at it how beautiful they make them she paused absolutely grave 
then oh ranny you have got a nice house she said have you seen it no not all of it she spoke as if it had been a palace come in and have a look round said ranny well there was distinct yielding in her voice this time winnie was half caught i do love looking at houses he lured her in she came over the threshold as if on some delicious yet perilous adventure with eyes that shone and with two little teeth that bit down her lower lip a way she had when she attempted anything difficult and at the same time exciting he showed her everything except the room she had seen already the room with the love knots and the rosebuds where violet and the baby were winnie admired everything with joy and yet with reverence from the splendid overmantel in the front sitting-room to the hot water tap in the bathroom my word winnie said what i'd give to have a bath like that i say said ransome suddenly moved you take a lot more interest in it all than violet does she's used to it said winnie besides i always take an interest in other people's houses she pondered they were both leaning out of the back bedroom window now looking down into the garden think of all those little empty houses ranny and the people that'll come and live in them it seems somehow so beautiful their coming and finding them and getting things for them and at the same time it seems somehow sad she paused i don't mean that you're sad ranny you know what i mean he did he had felt it too the beauty and the sadness but he couldn't have put it into words it was the sadness and the beauty of life it was queer he thought how winnie felt as he did about most things in life but winnie's joy over the house was nothing to her joy over the garden the garden that ranny had made and over the little tree that he had planted it was the most beautiful and wonderful tree in the whole world for in her eyes everything that ranny did and that he made was beautiful and wonderful it could not be otherwise because she loved him and oh she had the most intense appreciation of granville of the name and of the personality she took it all in trust winnie and as they stood in the gateway at parting he told her of the system by which in twenty no in not much more than nineteen years time granville would be his own why ranny it sounds almost too good to be true i know it does that's why sometimes i think i'll be had over it yet i say to myself granville looks jolly innocent but he'll score off me you bet before he's done he does look innocent said winnie he did and how winnie took it in that's what tickles me said ranny sometimes when i come home of an evening and find him still sittin there cockin his little eyes as if he was goin to have a game with me it comes over me that he's up to something and what do you think i do i don't know ranny she almost whispered it i burst out laughin in his face how can you she was treating granville as he did exactly as if it was alive well you see how comical he is yes i see it of course she saw it still there's something about him all the same there was something about everything that was ranny's something that touched her something that made her love it because she loved him winnie couldn't have burst out laughing in its face i'm glad i came she said because now i can see you he misunderstood i hope you will winky very often i mean see you when you're not there he looked away something in her voice moved him unspeakably for one moment he saw into the heart of her placid profound and pure he was going down the avenue with her now for in that moment he had felt the beauty of her and the sadness he couldn't bear to think of her seeing herself home going back alone to that little room in st anne's terrace 
where some day when maudie married she would be left alone the least he could do was to walk with her a little way i say win he said presently why ever haven't you come before he really wondered there was a long silence then i don't know ranny she said simply they had come to the end of acacia avenue before either of them spoke again then ranny conceived something brilliant what did you think of the baby he said she fairly shone at him and at the same time she was earnest and very grave oh ranny she said it's the most beautiful baby that ever was isn't it ranny smiled superbly they tell me so but i dunno is it of course it is she had turned parting from him at last and she flung that at him as she walked backwards smiling in his face well i must be going back to vi he said and he went back end of chapter sixteen recording by expatriate in bangor maine